0: Thanks for tuning in to McNamara on Money, a podcast about all things financial. On this show, we talk about investments and investment performance. In our practice, we give financial advice to our clients. We know their financial situation in detail before doing so. That's not the case with callers we may speak to on this show. We can't give truly meaningful financial advice because we don't know the detailed financial situation of the caller. Any suggestions we make to callers are generic in nature and meant to steer a caller in the right direction. Listeners to this podcast should consult their own financial professionals before implementing any suggestions we might make. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show.
1: And welcome to McNamara on Money. My name is Justin McNamara alongside Alyssa McNamara Reed this morning. Alyssa, how you doing?
0: Good, good morning. Uh, I'm well. Good
1: morning. All right, we are going to talk about life insurance this morning, and we will have a guest later on in the show. This is one of our last two-hour format shows, so we should probably give folks a heads up on that. We are, McNamara Financials moving from two hours to one hour in late August. So we're covering two hours this morning, and we're lucky to have Guy Zeriak coming along with us too, to talk all the different types of life insurance. that sound good to you?
0: Yeah. I look forward to chatting with him. I it's yeah. It seems like he will know his stuff and we haven't done a a very specific life insurance show in a while. So that will be, that'll be great. Yeah. And yeah. Effective date for McNamara on money moving to one hour between nine and 10 AM Saturdays is August 19th, August 19th. Coming right up. Yeah.
1: Coming right up. All right. So we're in the home stretch here. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think we should probably just jump right into it with categories. We're going to get into yeah. some of the details of the different types of life of life insurance with guy. He's obviously going to be the expert and when you get into life insurance, the it's I think it's a few of them are relatively simple at the the big picture end of it, right? But then yeah. once you actually get into the details of life insurance, it's very specialized, and you yeah. can you can there, there are differences between policies and companies that offer policies. And so, looking forward to getting into that and how they all work on the inside. But I think you and I, yeah. because Guy's not joining us for a little bit here, we'll start off with life insurance needs. We'll maybe do some big picture stuff, and then we'll get down into the details. Yeah. once Guy arrives here in a little bit.
0: Yeah, I think that's good. I thought we could set the stage and maybe go over some scenarios and maybe cat like categories of people and couples that need life insurance, in our opinion, or should think about having life insurance. Some of them are pretty simple, like parents of young kids, for example. But I just thought we could set the stage for who might need it. Maybe some non-traditional situations where people might consider life insurance. Maybe non-traditional wasn't the right word, but you Uh, Less common. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think that would be good. And then, like you said, get into some specifics about policy design and cost and the different types of policies available when guy jumps on. So that that would be great. Yeah. So where do you want to start? I was thinking about different categories of people that should have life insurance. So maybe just start with the most basic parents of young kids. (laughs) Yeah. And then we can get into maybe ways that people can calculate or think about how much coverage they might need, because it's one thing to know or recognize that you should carry some life insurance. And then it's another to determine what's a suitable amount. You don't want to overinsure and waste money. You don't want to underinsure and leave financial dependents in a tough situation if you're not here anymore. Yeah. Uh, doing some calculating and thinking about appropriate amounts of coverage, I think yeah. would be helpful. And Guy can certainly chime in when he comes on as well
1: i think yeah we should start off with just acknowledging the level of complexity that that could be involved in doing a life insurance calculation so i'll pull up later on in the show i'll pull up the life insurance calculator that comes with our with our financial planning software and the the number it's five different screens and every screen has five or ten different potential numbers that you can put in and when you start talking about what some of those numbers are, right? You're making inflation, right? If you if you're using your existing assets, right, to to cover a potential life insurance need, right, you'll need a rate of return on your assets, right? If if you're covering income, you're going to need an inflation rate. And that inflation rate may be different. You may want to make an assumption on income where, oh, my my income is going to keep up with inflation. Oh, it's going to be behind inflation, or I'm expecting to be promoted. And so my my personal income should should be a should be inflated higher than the normal inflation rate so the the level of complexity involved in this stuff along with the fact that a lot of your your balances what you're trying to cover assuming you're let's just say you have young kids and you say all right my kids are going to be out of college in 15 years if you make the calculation based on 15 years at 14 years it's different and then it's twelve, so you get a declining balance in some places and then it's increasing in others, because maybe if you're trying to cover college, the inflation rate on college is particularly Mm. high. So there's a lot of moving pieces to this. And I think we should start off with just acknowledging that and that it's difficult to get to that exact number. And so I think a lot of times you get rough estimates and rules of thumb. And those may be just fine, too, because of the the infinite complexity involved. I was sitting down with our calculator before the show. And just seeing how much the life insurance calculation would change if i change these different options so if i, I if i hit the oh, my inflation rate is three percent and i get one number for my life insurance oh no i change it to five percent and you get a yeah. drastically different number for what you need as far as insurance goes lots and lots of moving parts but so i just thought i'd start off with that before we before we jump in but yeah so young parents i think this is probably the place where almost this is where most people start thinking about life insurance it's yeah. the most obvious one because you have a lot of times you may have a double income or even a single income with one parent at home. And the question is, what happens if one of these parents dies? It's a very obvious we're going to need. There'll be a major problem here if I'm home with the young kids or I have young kids and I need to cover the cost of the cost of childcare, And so this is most people's entrance into the life insurance market.
0: Yeah, that's a. If we think about life insurance, it's covering a situation where anyone is financially dependent on you. So generally speaking, a spouse, significant other or children. And so parents with young kids, time in your life when people are the most financially dependent on you. Right. And as kids get older, that dependence hopefully it phases out and, and at some point goes away. But yeah, easy to recognize the need for life insurance coverage when kids are young. And like you said, when maybe there's one spouse not working, or even if both spouses are working and living off of two incomes, then there would the need for child care. There's like payments for child care usually and things like that. And thank goodness there are reasonably priced options out there for life insurance for young parents, working parents. And we'll go over all those specifics with Guy when he comes on. But I just had a thought regarding what you were saying about how complicated the calculations can be regarding coming up with a suitable amount of life insurance coverage, which I absolutely agree with you. There are so many variables and the longer you're The period of time is you're trying to plan for like a couple with young kids, you're planning for them to be dependent on you for what, 20 years it could be. So you're planning for a very long time. And the longer the period of time that you're planning for, the more complicated, number one, the more complicated the planning is. But number two, the more like sensitive the calculations are to variables changing, like you mentioned, changing the inflation rate and it changes can change the calculations quite a bit, especially if you're planning over a long period of time where if you're planning over a shorter period of time, that inflation factor won't be as much of a variable. But certainly the calculations are complicated, but I also just wanted to throw out there that Yep, going through calculations is ideal and an ideal or is one of the best ways actually in my opinion to come up with how much coverage you need, but I also don't want people to like stress about that so much. The most important yeah. thing is that there is some life insurance coverage in place of roughly right. a, a suitable amount <laughs> and that's more important than having the exact amount in place per these calculations. And the other thing is as well, maybe we can talk about when Guy gets on and he can help us with some statistics and stuff like that. But as you and I know, there's for term insurance, for example, which is the type of insurance that's covering for the most part, the most common insurance for young families, young parents, very rare that those policies would pay out anyway, because most people live beyond that term or the policies drop before they don't need them anymore, outlive the term, the insurance that they're carrying. So it's really like, term insurance is really covering awful disaster, rare scenarios. Right. So I just didn't like, we're going to go through some calculations just to illustrate how helpful that can be in determining the amount. Cause like I said, you really don't want to overpay, right. Or or you're insured, but also don't want people to stress out about it too much. It's just, it's most important that you just have some coverage than like the exact amount of coverage. And really when you're taking out life insurance, you're rounding to the nearest hundred thousand or two hundred thousand thousand dollars anyway just based on like how those policies are priced
1: yeah as we go through retirement plans right you can see there's a tendency for people to i shouldn't say all people but a lot of people will get bogged down in the details right so there, there are just certain people some people like a big picture and some people like to get very very granular and so if you're the kind of person who doesn't want to spend time all all right how many how many years until my kids are are out of college and then what's my income going to be during those years and then what about what about after my kids leave and my my spouse what's my income going to be during those years you certainly don't want to get overwhelmed it's definitely better to have some coverage And also there's going to be an adjustment made. Let's just acknowledge, right? If one, if you have a couple and one, you know, one spouse dies, there's going to be a major adjustment in lifestyle just by definition. The life insurance is just there to, is to make sure that you don't add an extra level of financial stress to, oh, okay, now I'm on my own. Now I have these kids and I have way less money and my financial lifestyle is immediately impacted. You need the insurance just to get you, hopefully just to get you through until the next phase and be able to eliminate at least one of those worries, which will, and every little bit helps in a situation like that.
0: Yeah. And I'm one of those people that can get bogged down in details sometimes just when I do planning and calculating and stuff like that. And I love numbers and all, and all that. And I can think of a, situation. This is going back at least 10 years. I can think of a meeting I had with a client when we were going through this exact calculation. We were going through life insurance calculations. They had some insurance in place, but we felt like it probably wasn't enough. And let's go through some calculations to to reaffirm and see if you're going to, we should consider taking out more life insurance. And I can remember that, and they had three uh, kids and I don't know, middle school years or something like that. Not very young, but we were going through this calculator and I can remember getting really detailed about everything and, and the college educations and is it public or private? And
1: yes, um, That's and, right. And, yeah. and, you have and, to make those decisions when your kids too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then your spouse's <laughs> retirement and he or she is working or not and their income and their ability for income, if they're not working and just everything and Oh, down yeah. payment for my kid for a condo. We were like factoring in everything we can think about. And that's all well and good and great. But then the calculation comes up with they needed like $4 million of insurance, which was just for this particular um, couple was just kind of, wait, that sounds outrageous. And like in a a perfect world, right? I guess it's not a perfect world if life insurance comes into play, but... And it was just, we went through that and it was an interesting exercise. And then we were, you know what, that's, first of all, it's probably not going to happen that you're going to pass prematurely and that this policy would pay out, right? This is covering yeah. a scenario and we talked through it and um, ended up going somewhere in between and getting some additional coverage, but not as yeah. much as we, we, we were like, you know what, we don't need to plan for everything. And if this did happen, you know, maybe the family has to make some sacrifices too, right? Like maybe they're not able to attend. Yeah private colleges, or maybe they're taking some loans, or if this disaster happens to the family, then maybe there's a little bit of sacrifice as well. I don't know, just things to think about, learning experiences. Yeah. Um, And it's
1: also, I should also note that when you're talking about kind of the young parent example, a lot of those folks are price sensitive at that point in their life, just almost by definition, right? So if, if you throw in the average age that a couple might have children, and then you would graph kind of lifetime earning power there would it's very likely that you're more early career when you're making that first life insurance decision on how much you're going to need. And you tend to be, or at least the average person would tend to be a little bit less able to afford more coverage at that time. So in, yeah. that's going to yeah. play in, especially yeah. when we get to the other types of life insurance, which tend to be more expensive, right? We've talked about term, yeah. which is the cheapest and it's the easiest way to get emergency coverage. There are certainly other types as well. And everything is, has its own pros and cons as far as yeah. you, there's, it may be more expensive, but you get more or different, et cetera, et
0: cetera. So in addition to like young families where that's a generally recognized need for life insurance and a lot of working professionals or working parents would have some sort of life insurance through their employer, especially if they work for a large employer. So that's great. Sometimes there's already some basic insurance in place or some modest amount of insurance in place anyway through employers. But I just thought of a few other situations where people might not really think that they would need insurance, but sometimes is important or helpful to have if affordable, right? In their life. I've come across several, I've worked with several pre-retirees. So like people like, let's say in their fifties and early sixties, who maybe their kids aren't really, aren't quite as financially dependent on them, but but they might still, they might be working to still build enough assets for their own retirement. They might still have a mortgage that's pretty sizable. Maybe their spouse doesn't have the same earnings ability that they do. So that's a situation where you might not have kids at home anymore that are financially dependent on you, but you might have a spouse and like a large amount of debt somewhere. Or you might have loans from trying to get your kids through school. Some people, somewhat unfortunately, some people older in life might have a significant amount of debt because they were helping their kids get through school. And then they and they chose to take that on and and working to pay it off before retirement. Or maybe they won't be able to pay it off before retirement. But that's another sort of unique situation where life insurance can be incredibly helpful because if something were to happen to you and maybe you're the breadwinner or even if your earnings are comparable to your spouse, what would it be like for your spouse and trying to pay off that debt if yeah. you weren't there? I've come across a lot of situations for people in that age group where having some life insurance is is very helpful and depending on health of course and we can get into all those details it can be fairly reasonably priced to get a few hundred thousand dollars of insurance or a half million dollars of insurance if you're buying it just over a short period of time or a short yeah. term so sometimes can even still be affordable at those older ages.
1: Yeah and I think from what I the So I think life insurance gets more the complexity gets higher and higher as you as your age increases. And for young parents, which we covered, it's I think it's a fairly simple like the calculation is relatively simple because you get you. I think your options are you just have more options because you're younger. Right. Life insurance is obviously priced based on how likely you are to die. And so as a young person, you have more options. Term insurance is relatively cheap. In any type of insurance that you buy younger is going to be cheaper. But then you start to add on, all right, what if I need life insurance for my, for my pre-retirement, my early retirement years? Because obviously some folks will go in, as you mentioned, they'll go into retirement with a mortgage. They'll, they're going to go into retirement with... Two social security incomes, and if one of them passes away in early in retirement, you're going to lose a full social security income. Yeah, that's all well and good, and you, that's an easily identifiable life insurance need. Then there's a but; it's more expensive, yeah. right? It's much more yeah. expensive for a 55 year old to get insurance than than it is for a a 35 year old to get insurance and then later on we'll. i know estate taxes are another sort of relatively common use for permanent life insurance it's i think less and less common as per we'll call them regular folks as the estate tax rates have i'm sorry the estate tax limits have gone way way up so most people aren't paying a federal estate tax anymore just based on the extremely high 25 million dollar roughly um don't quote me on that it's a it's an inflation adjusted number we'll call it yeah. somewhere in the 25 million dollar range for a couple it used to be much more common for, for regular people back when the estate tax was was a million dollars, people would regularly die and be in the federal estate tax. But and again, that's even more complicated, right? So like you, you have these chunk these insurance needs in these groups, right, where there's younger folks and then 20, 15, 25 years later, that's your early reti- retiree years. And then 15 to 25 years later, you have a potential death. Which is another potential insurance need. So they come in they come in these groups and every time it gets more complicated because you're it's more and more expensive. And so planning in advance makes more makes sense, but it's just harder to do that. It's harder it's hard for someone who's thirty five to say just for example, oh, I'm going to I'm going to buy a whole life policy as part of my retirement income plan. Right. If, and I know we'll, we'll get more into the details on it, but oh, if my portfolio is down in retirement, I'll just grab some tax free, some tax free loan from my whole life policy. I won't have to pull from my portfolio. right? That's not the kind of thing that a 35 year old who just had their first kid is really thinking about. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Yeah. The last and the last category, like broad category that I had thought of and is a little bit more unique, but I've come across several situations Is speaking of people that have some, a loved one that's financially dependent on them. People that have, children with disabilities or special needs or maybe an inability to work in their adult life or make any sort of of substantial income in their adult life to support themselves. And there's legal considerations for all that and special needs trusts and things that people would want to talk to an attorney about leaving life insurance to them and, and not outright to them. But I've come across several situations, whether it's physical disability or mental health concerns or things like that, even for adult children that maybe not don't ha- might not have the ability to support themselves long term and insurance can come can be very important and desired for that parent to to have and that would of course in that situation we're talking about permanent insurance not term and once we introduce our guest here after the break we'll we can get into those specifics but that's the other broad category I could identify of people that would be very appropriate for them to look into insurance if not already or can you think did you think of any other big categories Justin? Nope. Okay. No.
1: Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I mean, I think yeah all again right. it was basically young parents, pre-retirees and then at death. I don't know how much time we'll we will spend on that. Yeah. Should we introduce maybe the different types of insurance that we'll chat about after yeah. the break?
2: Yeah. So we
1: we already made mention of term life insurance again just as the as it's as the name suggests it is purchased for a set number of years normally if you're a young if you're a young parent and if we're sitting down with a with someone who just had their first kid we're we'll be saying something like all right we Clearly, you need some insurance. We'll help them through their calculations. And then the question is, how long do we want this coverage to run? And again, yeah. it's going to get it's going to get complicated. If you say, when are you going to st- if it's your first kid, when are you going to stop having kids? I know, Alyssa, you had yours like in in the blink of an eye. You had your three, but there's, there's five <laughs> years between my oldest and youngest. And, and yeah. it's very common for that to be even longer. So you have to figure out, all right, what's the term? Am I going to do a twenty a 30 year term? Uh, yeah. or a 20 year and at that point you have a set price for that term of years and then it's going to start to readjust on an annual basis so that's yeah. the term insurance i think that's the one people are most yeah. most familiar range, with yeah. whole life insurance is again as the name suggests just designed to be held for your entire life it's obviously going to be more expensive because you're going to be holding it until you until you pass away and then there is universal insurance, which is a bit of a hybrid. And I'll, we're going to let Guy explain that one to us because I don't think we have enough time for the break to get yeah. into it. Yeah. All right. Anything else before we get going here?
0: Nope. But I think we should take a break and then we'll introduce our guest and maybe get into some specifics and get into how people can think about calculating or estimating how much coverage they should be carrying. But let's just announce once one more time that starting August, you're listening to McNamara on money, by the way, and starting August 19th, we're moving from a two hour show Saturday mornings to a one hour show gives us hosts a little bit more free time on our weekends. I <laughs> in particular have young families speaking of financial dependence uh, and that will be much easier for us to manage the show but we're still going to be on saturday mornings so instead of eight to ten we're going to go nine to ten a.m saturday mornings that's starting august 19th
1: that's right um, that's on both wcap and watd we're going to be nine to ten on, on each correct. on each station
0: correct all right so let's just we'll take a break we'll introduce our guest when we come back
1: Welcome back to McNamara on Money. My name is Justin McNamara alongside Alyssa McNamara Reed, and we are talking life insurance today. We are lucky to have our guest join us, Guy Ziriak of Northeast Brokerage. Is that right? I got that right? Pronounce it right?
2: Thank you very much. Nice to meet you. Can we call you a life insurance specialist or a. I actually sure. prefer life insurance ninja. If oh, my God.
0: I'm going to enjoy this show. <laughs> I, obviously,
2: I'm kidding a little bit. Yeah, uh,
0: I like it. Yeah,
2: yeah. I think yeah, a, a life insurance specialist would probably be a, an app description. Okay,
0: I think true. Guy is probably going to is going be one of our more memorable, memorable guests, Justin. I'm just going to throw that out right here.
1: I would say so, yeah. I...
0: Uh, the old
2: college try. I, I, I promise there.
1: I was excited. So I met him at a financial planning association event. That that wasn't that long ago. I think it was just a few months ago. Yep. Up Uh, in Bedford. What's that? Up in
2: Bedford, New Hampshire.
1: That's right. Yeah. And I was, we happened to be placed at the same table. And uh, yeah, as soon as I met him, I said, "Oh man!" It's, it, especially given the fact that you're you're just doing insurance, which is I think a, a, is it a rare thing to just be an insurance professional. I feel like I don't know how long you've been in the business, guy. And we'll let you give your your intro and who you are and where you came from in a bit. But I just I don't find there's is maybe it's just this, there's less planners who are specializing in insurance. I just don't run into kind of insurance only folks all that much anymore. So I was excited to to meet you. And uh, yeah, again, as soon as I, I met him, I said, Oh, this guy'd be great in the radio.
2: Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> I've, I've been told I have a face for radio. Yeah. But want to give me background? Yeah. To, to your question, I've I spent probably the first 15 of my of my of years of my career as a financial planner. Okay. Um, and so. I understand that world pretty well. And as time went on, I decided that I really got my most career satisfaction from protecting my clients and working with them really to protect against some of the worst things that could happen to them in their lives. And obviously, when someone dies, you can't take the pain away, but you can, a yeah. big part of that pain comes from uncertainty. And you can take a chunk of that uncertainty away if you're preparing for the family's financial future. So you know that's really what got me wanting to focus my career in the life and long-term care insurance fields. And I've been I've been only in insurance for the last five years. I've never been happier. And most of my work comes from partnering with financial planners that don't necessarily. Want to hold insurance licenses because they don't want to be perceived as as potentially doing something outside of their client's interest. Yeah, yeah we should. Yeah, We're both go.
0: Justin and I are both in that category. We both used to hold insurance licenses.
2: Yeah. Oh no kidding! <laughs> it,
0: it, yeah, and we just then when we went the route of fiduciary, it was just. Easier slash in our best interest, we thought, in our business best interest to just go fee only and go away from anything in the commission world where an insurance is in that world. And
1: just a little a bit yeah. of background, the financial media and, and how, how the average person understands our business. They, I don't know when they turned on commissions, but pretty much, if you were charging a commission, you were almost you were demonized in our particular yeah. business because yeah. oh, you can't sell a commission because it's yeah. it's probably easier to abuse a commission. It's not like someone in our business can't can't take advantage of people in a variety of ways, but just the simplicity of oh, I'm going to sell you this financial product, and then next year I could sell you a different financial product, right. I and mean, all of a sudden we're, we're we're commissions are piling up on top of each other. I think it was. It yeah. just easier to abuse that the less ethical advisors did and the financial media really just turned on commissions and fair or unfair that's just the way it worked out And you certainly could run an ethical business on a commission-based product and there's yeah. you could make a fairly good argument that if you did that it would be in people's best interest but that's just not how it happened and so we sort of we would start get phone calls from clients out of the blue and saying "Are are you fee only? Right. Which means do you charge commissions? Because if you charge commissions, I'm not I'm, yeah. I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, like,
0: it's like anything where a couple of idiots ruin it for everyone else. Ruin yeah. it for <laughs> sure. sure. We're all yeah. just quick. I was at Gillette Stadium recently and we ordered I ordered a bottle of water and like, mm-hmm. here's your water. It's five dollars or something ridiculous. Yeah. And they can't give you the cap. They take off the cap. And you can't have your cat back because some idiots are throwing the water on. Oh my gosh, people my, hitting, hurting people! And it's just you know what. <laughs> yeah.
2: My yeah. my daughter and wife recently went to go see the Ed Sheeran concert down in Foxborough. Yeah, and she, yeah. You know, she's I was there. Nine yeah. years old, so uh-huh. she's like, so she she's yeah. They wouldn't let me keep the top to my water bottle because yeah. they were afraid I was going to throw it. Yeah,
0: like, some idiots. Yeah. yeah okay. Anyway, we digress. Yeah.
2: I love how you
1: guys had that mutual experience about your Gillette water bottles at Ed Sheeran. Yes, and
2: I was at Ed Sheeran with my daughters as well. Oh, nice. Yeah. But yeah, I really see that's the way that the financial advisory industry has been moving. Yeah. And with the advent of really the internet and even social media, all this information is being pushed to these clients. And they can so they can get a they can get a portfolio made through Charles Schwab for low, low cost and they can get they think they can get their insurance on the Internet. It's basically the same as getting it through a professional. But, you know, that's the biggest commodity that I see in your business is trust. And if the clients see that, you know what, I'm not recommending you do this because I'm going to make money. I'm recommending you do this because you need to you, your financial future depends on it. Yeah. That's a great way to build trust and clients who trust you stay with you. So, you know, it it works for the clients and over the long term my belief is it works for the financial advisors. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: Um, all right. Should we start, Justin, should we start instead of jumping into specifics about different types of policies? I feel like we should have the conversation regarding how we approach calculating the amount of insurance to carry. Yeah. And there's all different ways. And Guy, jump in. Justin and I were touching on their calculators available, and we have one that we use for our planning software, pretty detailed and thorough and That's great. But when we can get into that, if we want, how about just like a quick, easy ways? Like one of the first things I learned, what, 20 some 20 years ago when I was first getting into the insurance was the seven-year rule of thumb, right? And I don't know if that still holds true, but one of the first things I learned about life insurance was- I don't even
1: remember this rule of thumb.
0: Rough estimate was that you should have seven times your annual earnings as the amount that you would carry. So in remembering that- and so, for young working parents, for example, remembering that insurance comes to you tax-free, seven times your annual salary is really more than seven years replacing seven years of your income. It's really replacing what closer to ten or eleven or twelve or something like that. If we if we consider the taxes not involved, is that does that rule still? Is that a
2: quick rough? Quick uh, you know, the now? rule I use is fairly close for the quick rough. Yeah, um, is eight to ten. Mm-hmm. All right. And also that's going to depend on the age of the client too, right? If you have, yeah, if you have children that are in their early teens, eight to 10 years or seven years, be, be probably be beautiful. Yeah. You know? If you just want to get these kids through college and then allow, because in most cases, as you continue to age, if you're doing, if you're doing your proper financial planning, the true need for insurance is going to go down as you get older, right? Because you're paying off your debt, you're saving money into your four hundred one ks and IRAs every month. So your ass- as your assets increase and your debt decreases, your need for insurance will decrease as well. And that is why term insurance exists, because eventually okay. there's going to there's going to be less of a need there. I would say that the a number one best way to to make that determination is to work with a financial professional like you folks and ha- have them look through cuz everybody's financial situation is so different oh yeah and we have people brilliant financial advisors out there who can you know who who can help you say you know what geez most people need 10 10 years of of income at most, but maybe this person owns a business, has a lot of debt. And geez, you're probably gonna need 12 to 15. Yeah. So having someone analyze your in your individual situation is definitely the best way to go. Uh the probably the number two would be to use us, uh, there are calculators online. Mm-hmm. You plug how much insurance do I need into the Google machine and you will get you'll get a bunch of ads. Yes, yeah. you'll, you'll also get some great calculators. Yeah. And and the reality of it is there are people out there who don't necessarily have the money to invest, but probably do, or to really the money to work with a financial professional, or they're just getting started out. And for them, you know, definitely look seven to seven to ten, eight to ten years of income is really gonna be a great place to start. Yeah. And in terms of and for the folks in the in that situation, with limited, with very limited exceptions, it's term insurance all day, every day.
0: I think the seven year rule or your eight to 10 year, I think that's good for if you think about a couple with a young couple with a couple of kids, I think the seven to 10 year of your multiple of your income rule is good for just basic coverage, right? Continue to pay the mortgage, continue to food for the family and all that stuff. And protecting
2: your basic needs.
0: Yeah, but I think there's a lot of people that really feel strongly that they want to provide some or all of a college education for their kids. And I think that's when it starts to get much more complicated. And if you're just carrying seven times of your income and you've got a couple of kids like age two and four and you want to pay for a couple of private educations, I'm pretty comfortable saying that you're going to need more. More insurance coverage than that, if those are your goals. Sure. I uh, sometimes I also approach it by just what are the debts and what would really need to be covered in order to wipe the slate clean, and then assuming let's talk about a married couple for example, and what debts do you carry and what debts might you anticipate carrying, and that could be helping kids get through school. Sure. And then if there was at least enough insurance to pay off debts and wipe the slate clean for the other spouse, assuming the other spouse has some earnings ability and maybe some other assets then then they should be able, maybe they're able to move forward and support themselves if they didn't have amounts of debt. So sometimes I'm just kind of adding up what's the mortgage and is there any other debt and get the kids through college and and then maybe the spouse is okay on their own. So I think that's another like quick and dirty way to to estimate life
2: insurance coverage. Oh, and not to interrupt you, Alyssa, for financial professionals like you and I and and Justin, absolutely. That's quick and dirty and it's easy for us. Yeah, yeah. For the regular folks listening, they might not necessarily they might not necessarily understand that. Yeah. You know, fair because point. Because these yeah, are yeah. folks who we do this stuff every day. Yeah. And, and there, there are folks out there that they need planning and advice. And so they in order to get that number built for them, a lot of times yeah. just getting that advice is key.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's why we have a profession. Because look at that, do need advice in planning sometimes. Guy,
2: are you mostly
1: working with advisors, or I guess in your average meeting, and it's okay if there's if it's all over the place. Are are you coming? from an advisor who's saying hey guy i think i'm thinking about this amount of coverage for this reason right whether it's a young family okay they just need money to cover them to get the kids through to and through college or whatever the scenario is are you working with an advisor or are you doing these calculations on your own and maybe just talk about where would where do you start if you're working with a client on their own i know there's it's such the whole life insurance." Once you get outside, I think, the term insurance piece of it, and you start to add on other things, right, income replacement and retirement, estate taxes, money for the next generation, the level of complexity just goes up so much higher. And you need a lot more yeah. information about a client's life. Yeah. And, and I, okay. By all means, if you don't work with an advisor and you know you need term insurance, talk to one or even just guess or go online and do the calculator and buy some insurance because it's that important that you get that coverage. But once you get into those next levels of life insurance, the amount of information that you need about a client life is just, it really expands, right? And talking about (laughs) essentially it needs you need to have enough info to do a a detailed retirement plan at that point, basically.
2: Yeah. But when we look at retirement and estate planning and using life insurance in those ways, you're right. The complexity definitely increases because especially in the state of Massachusetts, if you have a if you have a million dollar, basically after a million dollars, there's some pretty hefty estate taxes. If you have an yep. estate over a million bucks, you're going to owe some money to 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 the state of Massachusetts. And and in mass if you own property inside of the 128 loop. In most cases, if you yeah. own your own home outright, yeah. there you are. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> there's your million bucks. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. In, in the state of Massachusetts, it. it it definitely gets more and more complicated and with the federal estate tax like you were saying in the last segment most people they've raised the bar on that that most people aren't going to probably aren't going to hit that like yeah. said, it's north of 20 million dollars and so it's not going to be yeah. it's not going to affect a lot of people but yeah. yeah as you continue to increase in complexity and we begin to take a look at the different types of permanent policies that are going to that are going to help with those estate planning needs it definitely ups the up some of the challenges that are out there
0: what are your experience is with clients in terms of helping them calculate their coverage or are you mostly working with their advisors who are saying hey xyz client needs like half a million or a million and a half and this is the type of insurance they need and you're just like go or are you or I, In my opinion, best case scenario when your professionals are working and cooperating with each other, are you what's your experience with clients? Is it like they're deer in the headlights? I don't know. know?
2: Yeah, I will say first of all, it's about a 50-50 mix. Okay. Yeah. People who come in who have the advisor who took care of everything for them and they and I'm basically at that point just doing what the advisor asks. And then there are the other halves that you know, where you know, maybe if I'm working with a financial professional who Yeah, doesn't really touch the life insurance at all. They'll send them over to me and I'll begin to do a profile on yeah, Yeah. Or if somebody comes to me directly, I begin to do a profile and it would look similar. That's really, I really plan my financial planning background where I'm going to ask them, okay, what, let's start with your assets and debts. Okay. Yeah. That's let's, all right. That's where we are. How many children do you have? Okay. How old are they? Yeah. Do you want them to go to college? What, Would you stay in your home or would you want to sell your home? What type of home would you want to move into? Would you want to stay local or move? And it's really try. I really try and dig in to find out what the client's really thinking and feeling. And sometimes these conversations are not easy. When you want to have people visualizing, you know, life after the death of a spouse, it can be uncomfortable. Yeah, and and people will tend to be resistant to that. So it's. It could be a challenge if you approach it the right way and approach. Sometimes I like to keep things light when I'm keeping, when I'm dealing with clients. Yeah. And because it it makes those conversations a little easier. And then it basically comes down to math, you know, at that point. Okay. What do you want to, what do you see yourself doing? And then the number, and beyond once you've got that life insurance plan, it's important to take a look at it about every five years. It's not like your retirement plans where you got to keep checking it. You know, every six to ten months or whatever, but or six to twelve months rather.
0: It's yeah. ten months is so specific. Yeah, <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, Guy goes above and th- Every ten months
1: for yeah, yeah, his Yeah, time. yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes strange things come out of my mouth. <laughs> that's the that's the price I pay for being on radio. But uh, the yeah five years, when you think about what five years can mean to a person, look back at your income. Could you survive on what you were earning five years ago? Yeah. yeah. What has and then. You know, what has changed in your life? Have you taken, maybe you bought a vacation home. Maybe that has a more, now that created a debt. Maybe you had another child. Or then there's economic factors. We've yeah. seen some pretty significant inflation over the last couple of years. Yeah. You switch and those prices don't appear to be going down anytime soon. And the price increases are probably permanent. That's going to change the, your budget of the future. And yeah. that's really what life insurance is protecting. Yeah
1: yeah I just wanted to I have a calculator, and it's obviously it goes it goes through a lot of the stuff that you just that you just mentioned. but just to the insurance piece, I mentioned this earlier in the show, right? I have a just a just an example, life insurance calculation and the at, at a three percent inflation rate, the life insurance need was just about two million dollars. If I just go back and I change that to a I'll make it I'll do four here. man, I jumped out. That's what I get for a live planning live on if I go to a four percent inflation rate then you're almost up to two and a half million dollars right so you mean just one click of one button from which is not four percent would be long-term inflation of four percent would be fairly high especially relative to the the last 10 or 20 years whereas if we if you go to a two percent rate the number is 1.8 million dollars so you're talking about fairly substantial differences and especially if you compound that with Earnings changes, which don't always follow inflation. I've I think I had a, a I had a meeting with a client fairly recently. It was a new client, and they had and they had insurance policies in place. It just it looked like I was like, oh, you bought those insurance policies five or seven years ago when things were a lot different. We've had inflation mm-hmm. since then. Their incomes are up substantially because they moved to their from their early earnings years to their peak earning years when they had two hundred fifty thousand and five hundred on the husband and wife. And I said, oh, is that, how are you going to, how are you going to be doing if one of you passes away on $250,000 additional? Yeah. That was like, it was getting close to one time salary for, uh, for yeah, in this yeah. case, it was the wife. And I think well, clearly I told them you're going to need to buy some more insurance. And we went through the calculations, but yeah. So things yeah. do change. Definitely.
2: Yeah. And sometimes period of inflation are followed by res- recessionary times and, That's reducing your assets sometimes. If you have assets in the market, there might be a temporary one to two year dip that happens at the wrong time. It can cause some trouble because maybe you need to begin withdrawals to to cover things because you you aren't properly covered. And as you guys well know, when you're beginning to take withdrawals, when the market's down, you're selling your shares at a depressed rate and it, it doesn't come back the same way.
0: God, what's your what? What's the clientele that you're working with most frequently? Is it young parents? Is it people middle aged doing estate tax planning? Is it pre retirees that still have debt, or is it just all over the place?
2: In a lot of ways, it is all over the place. Yeah, because a lot of my business comes from referrals from financial professionals, but I also will work with a few property and casualty insurance brokers who okay. and. And with them, it's usually the young families, the parents who are looking for, who are looking for just coverage to to protect the family. As I work with more and more financial planners, then I see more of the more complicated cases like the estate planning Mm -hmm. and maybe business owners who need like a buy-sell agreement or want to protect key employees. So it it's almost like a barbell right i have over on one side i have a huge chunk of people that are just the simple term insurance folks and then over on the other side there's the more complicated state more planning issues and more use of permanent insurance and then actually right in the middle are what i like to call the kind of the people that are maybe they need coverage like you said like that pre-retirees with some mm. debt and yeah. some challenges usually they've been around long enough where they can go they can call up a maybe they had insurance in the past and they need to their term ran out and they need to look at it, look at more coverage so for since they had that since they purchased their term insurance maybe they've had They've come down with the doctors said they have cholesterol, high cholesterol and high blood pressure. I have the benefit of I I work with over 30 different insurance carriers and I have I'm lucky enough to have my company has paid underwriters on the staff. So for those folks, I can Mm. do underwriting before we submit. And Uh, the benefit of that is my our staff underwriter can say this is the carrier that's going to look at you the most fondly because every carrier has their own underwriting manual.
1: Yeah, and, maybe just a brief pause to, to explain underwriting to folks who aren't maybe familiar with the term.
2: Sure. And underwrite, underwriting is the process by which when you apply for life insurance, they the insurance company makes their decision basically on one, do they want to cover you? And two, how much are they going to charge you? So the first thing they'll do is they'll decide, they'll look at all your health factors, now, for younger clients who are healthy and they don't take any meds and they go to the doctor regularly, usually you can qualify for what's called accelerated underwriting, which means that you don't need to take a medical exam. What the insurance companies will do is look through the your information on the, uh, the MIB, the Medical Information Board. And also they will look at other publicly available sources, like are publicly available for insurance companies, right? Like they they can look at the prescription drugs that you're prescribed and how often Mm that you fill them. They, They can't, they don't. They aren't able to find out what that is for because of HIPAA, but they can oh, see what drugs you, you're prescribed. They can. Yeah, they, yeah it's basically through the health insurance carriers and prescription carriers know. share those information with each other. Okay. So they, if they look at some of this publicly available stuff, they're going to, and they say, you know what? This person doesn't need a medical exam. We don't need an APS attending physician statement from their doctor. Mm-hmm. We can just get them covered and get them through. And oh, okay. usually in that case, they're going to say, all right, the underwriting was great. This person, everything on the they put on the application was verified. We're going to give them a preferred discount, which means their premium will be lower than standard. Yeah. Standard is what the average person can expect. The person of average you know, regular, moderately good health. Then, but let's say that. You know, me make-
1: I think we're about to yeah. half here on a break. So yeah, we'll get more into underwriting and and obviously prices here in just a bit. My name is Justin McNamara, alongside Alyssa McNamara Reed. You are listening to McNamara on Money with our guest today, Guy Ziriak from Northeast Brokerage. We'll give out your contact information here, so you, we can reach you at nb-bga.com is the website, and we will be right back.